If you've ever been in a hospital as a patient or family member, you need to listen to today's episode of Speak Up and Stay Alive with me, Pat Rulo. Stay safe from little-known healthcare and hospital hazards. For more, visit speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com. Welcome to Speak Up and Stay Alive Radio with author, speaker, and your host, Pat Rulo. The program is not intended to replace medical advice from a licensed professional, but rather to encourage you to become a well-informed participant in your health and well-being. And now, your host, Pat Rulo. Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me. And today, I have lots to share with you. So, let's dig right in, shall we? Well, today's show is extremely timely, and it's almost, I would consider, an emergency message. As I scrolled through the televised news propaganda last week, I shouted at the TV screen quite loudly and often, much to the dismay of my cats. Judge Janine has been reduced to sharing cookbook recipes about lasagna soup. Really? Seriously? All that's going on in the world and she is pretending to be interested in soup? Pushing somebody's cookbook on her show? Oh, and I don't remember which faker had Dr. Mark Siegel on who nearly shouted and admonished anyone who might have concerns about the vaccine. It's safe, he shouted, only a mild headache or fever. Now, I know he's a doctor, or perhaps just plays one on TV. But, I ask, how does he know anything? How does he know about the potential long-term effects? He doesn't, because no one does. I say get him off the air and share another soup recipe with me. The only news the public has received about the vaccines and their miraculous 95% efficacy has come from the drug companies themselves in the form of press releases. That's right, a press release. Well, heck, I can publish a press release. Pat Rulo ran a test on 13 cats, serving six of them canned food and seven of them dry cracked corn. After three weeks, they all lived, proving dry cracked corn is just as safe and healthy as canned food. And by the way, dry cracked corn is the first ingredient in most popular cat foods. Not a good thing. Yes, cats can barely survive, but they don't thrive. But that's a conversation for another time. I'm just saying anyone can conduct any kind of a test and achieve their desired outcome and anyone can publish a press release. Then I heard something even more bizarre. Obama, Bush, and Clinton all stated that they will take the vaccine on camera, on television, to prove their trust in it. (laughs) Are you laughing? Are you falling off your chair right now? Now maybe if Larry Curley and Mo take the vaccine on TV, I'll watch, but otherwise, Does anyone trust Obama, Bush, and Clinton? Is anyone really going to watch these three political actors 
take a shot of saline, pretending to be the vaccine that you and I might be subject to, uh, when that airs, I'm sure I'll have something way more important to do, like clean out the garage with a Q-tip. Promote public confidence? <laughs> I don't think so. This is very important and interesting. On December 1st of 2020, the ex-Pfizer head of respiratory research, okay, an ex-Pfizer head of respiratory research, somebody who's been there and knows what's going on, Dr. Michael Yeadon, and a lung specialist and former head of the public health department, Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg, they both filed an application with the European Medical Agency responsible for the European-wide drug approval for the immediate suspension of all SARS-CoV-2 vaccine studies, in particular, the BioNTech-Pfizer study. Now, yes, this happened in Europe, but it's the same situation here. People are people. The results are the same for any person. This is the same Dr. Yidon, the former head of Pfizer research, who also went public recently in a viral video recording where he states that the COVID pandemic is over and that it is being kept alive by false narratives using the faulty PCR tests. And we talked about those faulty tests in previous shows. Now, Dr. Wodarg and Dr. Yeadon demand that the studies for the protection of the life and health of the volunteers should not be continued until a study design is available that is suitable to address the significant safety concerns expressed by an increasing number of renowned scientists against the vaccine and the study design. Now, on the one hand, the petitioners demand that due to the known lack of accuracy of these PCR tests in a serious study, that neither the risk of the disease nor a possible vaccine benefit can be determined with necessary certainty, which is why testing the vaccine on humans is unethical per se, because these tests are faulty. Some of their other concerns are directed in particular to these following points, which I think are extremely important for everyone to know about, which I'm sure you haven't heard about anywhere else. They're concerned about the formation of so-called non-neutralizing antibodies that can lead to an exaggerated immune reaction, especially when the test person is confronted with the real wild virus after the vaccination. Okay, so they get this vaccination, but what happens when they get or may be exposed to the real virus after receiving the vaccination? This so-called antibody-dependent amplification, which is called ADE, has long been known from experiments with corona vaccines in cats, for example. In the course of these studies, all cats that initially tolerated the vaccine well died after catching the wild virus. This is the biggest one. The vaccines are expected to produce antibodies against spike proteins of the SARS-CoV-2. However, spike proteins also contain syncytin proteins, which are essential for the formation of the placenta in mammals, such as humans. They're saying it must be absolutely ruled out that a vaccine could trigger an immune reaction against syncytin-1 
as otherwise infertility of indefinite duration could result in vaccinated women. There is no indication whether antibodies against spike proteins of the virus would also act like an anti-synctin antibody. However, if this were to be the case, this would then also prevent the formation of placenta, which would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. To my knowledge, Pfizer-BioNTech has yet to release any samples of written materials provided to patients so it's unclear what, if any, information regarding potential fertility-specific risks caused by antibodies is included. According to Section 10.4.2 of the Pfizer-BioNTech trial protocol, a woman of childbearing potential is eligible to participate in the trial if she is not pregnant or breastfeeding and is using an acceptable contraceptive method as described in the trial protocol for a minimum of 28 days after the last dose of study intervention. This means that it could take a relatively long time before a noticeable number of cases of post-vaccination infertility could be observed. I mentioned this last week, these messenger RNA vaccines contain polyethylene glycol. 70% of people develop antibodies against this substance. This means that many people can develop allergic, potentially fatal reactions to the vaccine. And finally, the much too short duration of the study does not allow a realistic estimation of the late effects. As in the narcolepsy cases after the swine flu vaccination, millions of healthy people would be exposed to an unacceptable risk if an emergency approval were to be granted and the possibility of observing the late effects of the vaccination were to follow. Nevertheless, BioNTech Pfizer apparently submitted an application for emergency approval on December 1st, 2020. From what I've been hearing, from healthcare providers, from what I've been reading on many forums online, frontline healthcare workers have gone from heroes to vaccine hesitant. Now, on, again, on December 1st, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices has voted 13 to 1 in an emergency meeting to make the recommendation that residents and employees of nursing homes, healthcare workers, be the first to receive coronavirus vaccines. So we're in the final countdown right now, and that's why I'm saying that today's program is kind of an emergency conversation because it's happening this, this coming week, perhaps. Moderna, Pfizer, and AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine candidates are on their way to emergency use authorization. Experimental messenger RNA vaccine technology rushed through trials and the disclosures coming via public relations press releases. <laughs> What's to fear, huh? Officials are now targeting the world's frontline health workers as their post-marketing data cohort, the unofficial fourth phase of COVID vaccine trials. But the frontline health workers say they're not so sure. Early in the coronavirus response, the media held up frontline health workers as heroes who could do no wrong. Well, that all changed in July 2020 during the America's Frontline Doctors Summit when those, some of those same heroes began going off script, speaking of the beneficial effects of early therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine. 
the big media tech hammer and sickle operation immediately went to work. It censored these now former medical heroes and their message. Media has since shifted its optics from praising frontline health workers to signaling that healthcare workers may not cooperate with the coming COVID vaccine push for which they are the initial primary targets slash guinea pigs. Tal Zacks, the chief medical officer at Moderna, said that the company's trial lacks adequate statistical power to assess more severe endpoints. Did you hear that? The trials lack adequate statistical power to assess more severe endpoints. He said the trial wouldn't demonstrate prevention of transmission, it wouldn't demonstrate hospital admissions, or it wouldn't even know if it prevented mortality. Hmm. The most up-to-date data by Pfizer and Moderna's COVID vaccine candidates has been, as I said, from their press releases. Make of that what you will. The available safety data is limited, at best, with no long-term information. Full disclosure concerning several key aspects from raw trial data to vaccine formulation composition is not known. AstraZeneca is currently experiencing a media black eye for making public claims that raised red flags about their coming shot based on, I quote, very shaky science. A more careful analysis of their claims might suggest words like manipulation and lies. Public information justifying the potential emergency use authorization of the coming shots make it simply impossible to give properly informed consent at this point. In a BMJ letter to the editor, Alan S. Cunningham writes the following after crunching the numbers in the press release data for Pfizer's coming shot. Quote, to prevent just one COVID-19 case, 256 individuals must get the vaccine. The other 255 individuals derive no benefit but are subject to vaccine adverse effects, whatever they may be, and whenever we learn about them. We've already heard that an early effect of the vaccine is like a hangover or the flu. Will vaccinees who are later exposed to coronaviruses have more severe illness as a result of what I mentioned earlier, antibody-dependent enhancement of infection, a known hazard of coronavirus vaccines? He asks, is there squalene in the Pfizer vaccine? If so, Vaccinees will be subject to autoimmune diseases like the Gulf War Syndrome and narcolepsy that have been associated with that adjuvant squalene. Despite what the media has previously told its audience, vaccines can and do cause injury. What if a frontline healthcare worker is injured or dies from the experimental shot? What do they do? Where do they or their family go for legal recourse? And when all of the healthcare workers go down, what do we as patients do? Short answer times three is we don't know. And then there's the final piece. Vaccine makers CEOs have unloaded their stock to make fortunes. And that's leaving the public confidence shaking. Why would they sell their stocks? Well, Modernus CEO sold his company's shares to a cool $62 million profit over the last six months, making him a billionaire in the process. Pfizer CEO snagged 
over $5 million in a one-time dump, coinciding with the day his company praised their vaccine's 90% efficacy in a press release. Moderna's chief medical officer sold off $47 million worth of shares over the last six months. What are these questionable trading actions of all of these CEOs selling off stock? What is that all about? Gee, I wonder. The reason why I say today is an emergency conversation is because frontline healthcare workers have what looks like maybe just another week or two to make their individual decisions on whether or not to consent to a COVID shot. Will they be allowed to choose? Will they be coerced with their employment hanging in the balance? Or will their shots be mandatory? With this large of a rollout and so many questions left unanswered about safety, what happens if even 1% of the vaccines go wrong? Has anyone asked or received answers to these questions? Have interaction or contraindication studies been performed? Can whatever's in this concoction of a vaccine be mixed with other medicinal products? We're all excited to give the first vaccines to the elderly, the elderly who take dozens of other drugs. Does anyone know if this is a problem? Better question, does anyone care? I mentioned before that this COVID messenger RNA vaccine is not recommended during pregnancy. Women of childbearing age pregnancy should be excluded before vaccination. But is it known whether this is excreted in human milk? Is it really known the effects of this vaccine on fertility? Its safety and effectiveness have not been clearly established. Now, the Pfizer vaccine claims it's 90% effective and that hundreds of millions of doses will be distributed before the end of this year. Now, of course, for those who do not follow the propaganda media and understand that there is not even an accurate test for COVID currently on the market, the question that begs to be answered is, effective for what? Should we trust Pfizer's claims in their own self-produced press release? Well, I ask, do you trust criminal organizations? Because that's what Pfizer is. In fact, they may very well be the largest criminal organization in the world. In 2009, they reached a fraud settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice for $2.3 billion the largest ever fraud settlement in the history of the DOJ at that time. Since then, they have faced numerous other criminal investigations. The most recent one just reported November 10th of 2020 with the Foreign Corruption Units at the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the Department of DOJ, Department of Justice, looking into their activities in another China and Russia. Both probes fall under the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which forbids U.S. firms and individuals from bribing foreign government officials to benefit their businesses. And Pfizer knows too well what that law means. In August 2012, the company agreed to pay over $60 million to settle charges by the DOJ and the SEC for allegedly violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. At the time, the company was accused of paying foreign officials to facilitate drug and formulary approvals, as well as increasing sales in eight countries, including China and Russia. In China, for example, 
Pfizer invited high prescribing doctors, that's doctors who do a lot of drug prescribing, those high prescribing doctors in the Chinese government system, they invited them to fancy meetings that included recreational activities. Various point programs were created under which government doctors could accumulate points to redeem gifts, according to the SEC's complaint. Now, the former FDA director, Scott Gottlieb, now sits on the board of directors for Pfizer. Don't you love the cozy relationships? Could Gottlieb's presence at the criminal Pfizer company have anything to do with receiving $1.95 billion from Operation Warp Speed and their announcement that their COVID vaccine is more effective than its competitors? All of these companies have already received billions through Operation Warp Speed, so they will all come out ahead financially, no matter what happens. The real losers? will be the citizens of the United States and other countries who receive these vaccines. Will the United States public wake up in time to understand the globalist eugenic agenda standing at our door? I think it's clear that the COVID vaccine has been the plan all along with this COVID pandemic. I mean, no one's even hiding this fact. Our favorite, this show's very, very favorite, Bill Gates declared right away when COVID began to dominate the corporate news cycle that the only way to see us through this was to vaccinate every single person on the planet. These globalist eugenicists have one goal. They intend to implement, significantly reduce the world's population and set up a single world government now referred to as the Great Reset. And our mixed-up elections were always the sideshow to set this in place and begin the distribution of the new COVID vaccines. The biggest threat to the United States right now is whether or not the nation is going to resist the COVID vaccine, which knowledgeable scientists and doctors are saying will be a crime against humanity. Wake up, America, and every other freedom-loving soul around the world. This is no longer a conspiracy theory, but a full-blown pandemic that the globalists have conspired and planned to do for decades now, and it is happening right in front of your eyes if you just open them and see the truth. Time is short now, as the vaccine is en route and will be deployed very soon. Like sheep being led to the slaughter, those who believe the corporate media narrative and fear for their lives from COVID will line up to get this vaccine. The only thing stopping them from literally taking the mark of the beast with this new vaccine is you. Once again, I am not telling you not to get the vaccine. Do as you see fit, as long as seeing fit has everything to do with being informed asking questions, receiving honest answers, reading with your own eyes, reading between the lines. Don't just line up and sign up. There are too many unanswered questions, too much to be gained by too few, too many lies, too much greed, so much outward disdain toward the general population, too much going wrong right in front of our eyes to believe anyone or anything. Ultimately, you must make your own judgment call. I pray it is the right one.
And with that, it's time to say goodbye again, but not to forget what we talked about this week. When you have a chance, visit the website, speakupandstayalive.com. Please get copies of my books, not because I want to sell them, but because you need them, especially because no one is allowed family oversight in the hospital. Bring the book and lay it on the tray table. Don't even read it. Just bring it. Lay it on your tray table as a patient. When people come in, they'll ask, what is this all about? It opens up the conversation and allows you to speak up to say, I am concerned. I am here alone. I'm concerned about healthcare-acquired infections, medication mix-ups bed sores. I mean, it's endless what can go wrong in a hospital situation. Please, please, please be forewarned, be prepared. Speakupandstayalive.com. That's all for today, but that's not all. I will be back next week with more. Same time, same place, but uh, never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for Informed Choice. Informed Choice and patient safety. The information provided in today's broadcast is for informational purposes only and was not intended for use as diagnosis or treatment of a health problem and should not be considered as medical advice. If you've missed part of today's show or just want to share the information with friends, you can listen to all of Pat's previous shows at speakupandstayalive.com. Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember, you have to speak up and stay alive.